The losing streak is over, and UMass Hockey is back in the win column with a nice 4-2 victory up in New Hampshire. We're going to talk all about this one, and looking forward a little bit to Belfast. Let's go. everybody and welcome to episode 51 of high character umass has broken their streak they went up to new hampshire and got a solid four to two victory before they head into belfast my name is cameron i am joined by my good buddy evan evan how you doing man much better than previous episodes i think i can confidently say um that was that was a game that i watched last night you know like i had moments of utter despair i had moments of pure elation it was a roller coaster that I guess for better or for worse kind of landed in a pretty solid middle ground for my happiness. But it was, I think, I think that was, that was a win that we desperately needed. You know what I mean? That was, that was a huge, I don't want to say a statement win, you know what I mean? But that's, that's a win that you need in times like this. So I'm, I'm pretty pleased to be back in the W column. Yeah, absolutely. And there's some things to nitpick from this game for sure. We'll, we'll get into the full period by period recap of it but overall just really good for the vibes before the the big trip to get in that win column and break the streak it's got to be a big weight off of their backs yeah no it makes it must make them feel a lot more kind of comfortable going into you know this kind of week-long break that they I shouldn't say a break they're going to be practicing they're going to be you know doing their thing but there's there's going to be some extracurricular activities on the uh, on the team schedule going into this uh this Belfast trip so We'll see, you know, how to kind of how they regroup. You know, I don't want the the win to kind of go to their heads. You know what I mean? Like, this is supposed to be a building block. It's not supposed to be like, hey, we got our one win. Now we can start coasting again. No, that's that's not what this is about at all. So I really want to see how this team can kind of grow from the win because this is not, I think, you really can't just look at this win and say, you know, this is it. Like, again, it was UNH, you know, I don't want to, immediately start downgrading the win because again, it was really huge for the confidence of the boys, but we got to be able to put up the, the second period performance that we put up last night. We need to kind of bring that sort of energy and commitment to all of the games that we play going forward. And because obviously we're going to get into each, each period of, of that game and there were good things and there were bad things to take away from those periods. So we'll, de- we'll definitely get into those and we'll highlight the good and the bad from that game. Yeah, the second period definitely has to be the the goal that this team strives for. The first period, uh, the exact opposite. Let's jump right into it. So uh, this first period, people on Twitter were saying probably the worst period of the season, which is a, a big statement uh, with some of the games we've seen, some of the, the four goals against periods we've seen over the last three weeks. But um, UMass... Uh, I think coach Carvel will come out and say it with us. They didn't come out to ready to play. Like they just were not ready. Um, I don't know if it was a case of looking forward to Belfast or just kind of underestimating your opponent that comes in with a three and nine record, but they did not look ready. Um, the UNH dominated the puck, dominated possession, um, just looked flat out better than them. And it ended up paying off later than it should have. Honestly, uh, 13 minutes into the period, we see, uh, UNH go to the power play and then one of their skaters at the top of the face off dot has just all the time in the world and he risks one past Pavisic. 
Yeah, I mean, I guess just to kind of provide a little bit of context to this goal, I mean, we were getting, like you said, dominated for the first, I mean, up until this point, it was like 13 minutes leading to the goal. And Pav was making some insane saves. He got the starting nod last night, and he was playing out of his mind, frankly. Like like you were saying, I mean, this game could have been a lot worse scoreline-wise up until this point if it wasn't for Pav making some big-time stops. Um, we were getting, you know, two-on-ones going the other way, three-on-one. Like, it was just really, really high-quality scoring chances for UNH. And I think it was an Owen Murray penalty that led up, until this, uh, led up to this power play. And we, again, like – if we couldn't even get it done on even strength, it's just going to get 10 times worse the moment that we're trying to do it on the, on the penalty kills. So it was not a good start, which was kind of more of the same from what we saw in the, in the previous series, you know, against teams like BU and Providence, you know, and, and for me as a fan, I was immediately worried by the start because you got to figure, you know, if we can't get it done against UNH, who the hell are we going to get it done against? You know, like this is essentially one of the worst hockey East teams in the standings right now. So that was just super concerning from what I saw. And yeah, we, we gave, I think it's Cy Leclerc or Leclerc, however you say his last name, it's something I guess French sounding, but yeah, he had just way too much time and space in the top of the face off dot. And he snipes at home. He picks his corner. It was a really solid shot, but we were just too slow to react to try and get in the shooting lanes and we got punished for it really bad. Yeah. You mentioned, uh, Pavis is getting the starting nod. Just real quick, um, Lautenbach and Noah Ellis both back for this game. Uh, Bollinger and Taylor McCard did not play. So uh, maybe we're not really sure what the timetable is for Taylor. We'll hope to see um, Bollinger next weekend. But, um, yeah, that goal, um, pretty solid wrister. Uh, one I think the team as a whole would like to have back, but that makes it one nothing. And less than five minutes later, Ryan Black, um, just a really nice looking set play off of the face off, um, kind of skates in from that right face off dot and towards the slot and wrist one home, make it two nothing. And UMass at this point is staring at the ceiling. Like what is going on? Yeah. I mean, when I, when I saw this goal live, I was a bit more upset about it than I am now because looking back at it and especially like with slow motion and everything, I can kind of see the play a bit better I guess on on the screen that I got in front of me it it's a pretty well worked goal by UNH to be fair I was originally pretty critical of just our overall response off the face-off because as as I've kind of talked about in previous series um we just tend to not have a good first jump when it comes to getting off the face-off and just playing with speed and recognizing the plays that are in front of us and I kind of thought that was the case here it just seemed like we were again flat-footed wasn't able to cover the guy effectively, but looking back on it now, I mean, the center and the left winger on this play are basically just kind of setting up like moving picks, which you could argue maybe it's interference. It's kind of a weird, like legal gray area. No one's really sure how to call that fairly, but they they're blocking our guys off. They're sealing them off. Like it's a basketball game. They know what they're doing. And if you get an open look in the slot like that, it's going to be tough for Pab to save it. So I'm not extremely upset about this goal. I think it was just a really nice UNH play where they kind of take advantage of the rule book a little bit and make, make a smart play on the puck. But yeah, going down two nothing against UNH, I was in a pretty dark spot trying to watch the rest of this game. It was really unfortunate at this point. Yeah, uh, that is how the period ended two nothing. And like you said, just a really brutal watch. The shots end up being 20 to five in favor of UNH after this period. 
UMass takes two penalties in the period. It's just, uh, I think, given the opponent, given how how it looked watching this one, I think it's right to say one of the worst periods of the year. And uh, had the chance to come out even worse in the second period, but coaching staff and Greg Carville must have said something good because UMass came out firing in the second period. About three minutes in, we get a, an unreal pass from Scotty Morrow up ice to Kenny Connors, gives him a breakaway, and he stuffs one home, make it two to one. Yeah, I don't know what the hell went on in this locker room to make this sort of response happen. I don't know if coach was threatening their families, saying, hey, you're not going to go see your family for Christmas or Thanksgiving. Like, I don't know what was going on in that locker room because, sadly, I couldn't be there at the game. Um, as you can tell by that sniffle, still not feeling too great. Um, yeah, you would have been in that locker room if you were at the game, right? <laughs> yeah, I would have been pretty upset. I would have been motivating the boys myself at that point. But, uh, yeah, no, I mean, something clearly must have happened in that locker room to get the boys firing on all cylinders here because Scotty Morrow, we know what he can do with the puck. And the the vision on this play was something that was just kind of unreal at the time. You know what I mean? Like, he sees Kenny Connors, who has a fair bit of speed, and he's a pretty smart player, so he can kind of – straddle the blue line in the in the neutral zone and kind of you know wait for that really really well-timed pass and it, you know Morrow puts it directly on his twig and Connors was off to the races and tucks at five hole on the on the UNH goalie there which I thought was a really really solid play there I mean kind of just glides right across the crease and puts it home so that was you know I was already kind of you know just upset with the team from the first period performance but that was like okay wait a second we might be onto something here you know it all it takes is one to get back into it so I was definitely feeling good after this goal because it was a really well-worked goal. And you were feeling really good 30 seconds later because we see Ryan Sullivan and Elliot McDermott. What an unassuming pair of guys go on a two-on-one. Um, and Ryan Sullivan is the one that puts it home his first of the season and ties it up at 2-2. And the vibes were definitely right back to where you want them to be after this one. Yeah, I was doing the live tweeting for the High Character account, and I was in the middle. I think we've talked about this over the past three games that we've reviewed now. I think there's been a series of, I mean, sadly for the other two times that it's happened, we were in the middle of tweeting goals against, and then another goal against what happened in the middle of the tweet. This time, a goal for was happening in the middle of a, of a goal tweet, which was a much more welcome issue that I had to deal with. So I was doing some rapid fire tweeting there, which was pretty nice, but um. Yeah, Ryan Sullivan, I think he got his first of the season on that one, if if I'm not mistaken. Um, and it was a wonderful assist by uh, Elliot McDermott. You know, McDermott, we were we were talking about a little bit before. He hadn't shown up on the score sheet yet, so that was pretty huge for him. Um, I think just overall, you know, being able to – and I fair play to McDermott on this play because he kind of jumps up into the play. You know, he, he, he has really solid skating, so the fact that he was able to put that on full display to – at least make himself available for like the, the pass across to make it a two on one really, I think helped out Ryan Sullivan's case for shooting because we had already had a couple of speedy breaks towards the net, you know, on, you know, two on ones or even breakaways, I think up until that point. And we were just playing with a lot of speed. And I think just being able to kind of stretch out the goalie a little bit to make him second guess, whether he wants to play the shooter or the pass really made Sullivan's job a bit easier to, to put that puck in the back of the net. Yeah, for sure. And uh, UMass, uh, compared to the first period, really kind of dominated play in the beginning of the second here. We see them head to the power play just less than three minutes later, and uh, they end up scoring again. It was kind of in a situation where um, it wasn't an odd man rush, but a zone entry where UNH was a um, little flat-footed. You get a really nice pass 
from uh, from Kenny Connors to Reed Lebster, who puts home a nice wrister and makes it three to two. And that's three goals in less than four minutes after after what was a tough first. So really nice to see that bounce back. Yeah, I think one of the one of the captions that we put on one of our previous uh, post game like Instagram posts was like when it rains, it pours. And it feels a lot better knowing that it can go the other way around this time, you know, especially when it's not against us. We're the ones that are making it rain and pour against the other team, which was very nice. But yeah, this was kind of, you know, it's it's a really clean zone entry. Granted, it's on the power play. So, I mean, we have a little bit of a, of a handicap there that kind of helps us get the puck into the zone. But um, yeah, I mean, the passing on this play was just absolutely impeccable. You know, that this was something that was kind of lacking in previous games where just it seems like every other team would just, their their pucks would just go to their sticks almost magnetically. Like everything just seemed to work in their favors. And it seems like we're starting to get that bounce toward the other way now. Like, we were passing with a purpose. We were playing with a purpose. Everything just looked like it, it didn't look like the, the, the opposing team was even there to try and disrupt what we were doing. It was just, this is what we want to do. This is our game plan. We're going to impose it on you and we don't care what you're going to try and do to stop us. Like it, it was a beautiful play at this point and a wonderful shot by Lebster to cap it off. I got to say like that was, you know, the passing itself to lead up to the chance was amazing, but it's all for nothing if you don't put the puck home at the end of the day. And I thought that shot was really solid to, to get the job done there. So we're up three to two and we were cruising at this point. And I was absolutely just ecstatic. I thought it was awesome. You know, like we hadn't seen this sort of hockey in a couple of weeks and it was starting to weigh on me a little bit. So kind of getting back to those scoring ways was definitely a step in the right direction. And I was, I was feeling good at this moment. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, as the period went on, UMass uh, kind of controlled the possession and, a bit more they end the period up in shots 14 to 5 just for the second so really good bounce back period something that uh we really like to see we haven't seen um lately at least too many bounce back periods it's kind of been more weathering the storm so good to see him step on the gas pedal here as we move to the third um kind of more even play in the third i would argue uh unh kind of controlled the play a little bit more as it went on but uh, all the way down to four minutes left in the game, we see UMass get an odd man rush chance. And uh, one of the biggest windups you'll ever see from Ryan Lauten back on a, on a bouncing puck, I guess. And he finds, he finds the twine to make it four to two. And this goal was really pretty. If you, if you get the chance, definitely head over to YouTube and check that one out. Yeah, I was gonna, I was going to mention that it was kind of weird how they didn't actually post the highlight for this one up on Twitter. I had to physically go to the highlights to do it. I don't know if this is like a bonus content that they want to throw into the to their Twitter game. Super weird, but yeah, I I had to actually click on the under the YouTube video to get a second look at this. But um, I'm I'm on the fence on calling it a piss missile. Like me and you, we were talking about it before the episode. I mean, the puck's kind of just rolling on its side when it's starting to go up to Lautenbach's stick, but. I mean, at this point, just for vibes alone, I think just with the wind up and everything, that was looking like something out of beer league. You know what I mean? Like this man <laughs> just winding up, putting his entire body behind it. Screw it. I'm going to call it a piss missile. You know, that, that right there, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to concede to Cameron because Cam was really pulling for it. I got to call it one at this point. And I mean, it was still kind of a weird little like knuckly puck type thing that just manages to go top shelf. I don't even know if the goalie thought it was going to be on net. Because goalie just straight up looked kind of confused afterwards. Like, I don't know, he's sitting there in his crease, kind of looking ready, and it literally just goes directly over his shoulder. Like he he has no idea what to do, you know, in, in his crease there. But yeah, it that's a that's a good way to cap off the performance. I mean, like like you were saying, 
The third period, I don't think was amazing. I think, I think we were pretty fortunate to, to, to still be in the lead at this point, just because we were getting outshot quite heavily. I think we only had five shots in this period. You know, I think overall, you might have to correct me on this, but we were, we were getting, I think, outshot like 30 something to like 20 something throughout the whole game, you know, 37 to 25. It ends up. at. That's what I'm saying. Like that's, that is just, again, it's not on, on paper. That's not a winning formula, but I think with, with the dominance that we put on in that second period, I think, the amount of quality scoring chances I think may have still been in our favor, but I think overall they had a lot more shots. So it's kind of what you value more. And I mean, as we've seen throughout the season, we've been getting outshot almost every game. So we we're I think that's something that Carvey and and the rest of the team is kind of willing to concede if we're going to get higher quality scoring chances and we can just capitalize on those much more, Mm -hmm. but yeah, just to get back onto the goal. Great goal by Ryan here absolute clapper from he kind of looked like Ovi I'm, I'm gonna be honest like that was basically from the left face off dot just puts his entire body into the swing I mean he, he was doing his thing on that play so if he if he can take a couple more notes from Ovi and do this with a bit more uh regularity I think we're going to be having ourselves a sniper on the team yeah the announcer said it well they said everybody in the building knew he was taking a slap shot right there and it didn't yeah. matter he still put it home um that was a that was a really good one to ice the game that's what the final score ends up being four to two. You mentioned uh, the shot totals in the third period, not being ideal. This game, when you take a look at it from above is really a uh, tale of three periods. You have the first where they get out shot 20 to five. Doesn't look good. They're down to nothing. The second where they outshoot UNH 14 to five and take a three, two lead. And then the third, they get out shot 12 to six. Um, and, they didn't take any penalties in the second. That was the only period they didn't take penalties. So you can start to clearly see the winning formula for this team is not taking dumb penalties, um, kind of controlling the play more, getting shots off. But uh, yeah, really uh, kind of drastic model of that in this game. Yeah. And one funny thing I noticed with the, the power plays that I'm looking at on the box score is that each team was within exactly one second of total power play time throughout the game which is really weird. Like we both had two penalties that just completely went the full two minutes where nothing happened, but on each team's power play goal, our power play goal happened 24 seconds into the power play and their power play goal happened 23 seconds into their power play. That's a little weird. I don't know. It was just something that I noticed that was a little weird numbers wise. And just wanted to point that out, but yeah, no, I think it's definitely huge that we were, uh, very disciplined in that second period because that was when we played our best hockey, you know, especially when we had two power play chances in that period. I think that really kind of helped sell us on out shooting them that period, you know, because you're obviously going to always get way more shots, the more power plays you get. So, you know, I think that's definitely going to be in our favor going forward, but it's just a hundred percent. We have to be much more disciplined. I mean, Owen Murray, not, not looking great on the, on the disciplinary end, especially in this game, you get, two out of our three penalty kills were, were due to him. I mean, the boarding call was egregious. The tripping, yeah, it wasn't great either. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it, not, not a great showing in, in that regard. But again, like you said, that second period was huge because we were able to play clean. Yeah, and uh, there's some of the things before we get into our awards um, in which we have more positive things to say. There are some things that are a bit concerning, at least to me, um we highlighted some things in the the um preview episode one of them was UMass uh is 
good penalty killing team and UNH is a bad power play team. Um, we saw UNH score a power play goal. Um, UMass is a great face-off team. UNH is a bad face-off team. We saw UMass get beaten face-offs 35 to 25, which is it's not particularly close. So there are definitely some things that need to be worked on for sure. And some things that we thought were a part of UMass's identity that, uh, hey, maybe it's just a one-game blip, but we, we don't want to see these mistakes pop up again, especially with uh, better opponents in the future. Yeah, I mean, I didn't want to immediately start just ripping on the team because I've had I've had enough of that in, in, in recent memory. I feel like I've been I've been very critical of the team the past couple of weeks. But no, you, you bring up extremely valid points. I mean, the the faceoffs were not great, you know, overall. I mean, I'm looking at the actual the, the players um, and I'm seeing Josh Nodler did his thing in the faceoff. Uh, Ten wins, three losses. The other three centers on our team that were taking faceoffs were all under 50%. So we had one dominant faceoff guy, and then the rest were, quite frankly, just I, – I don't want to say awful because Eric Faith was hovering right around 50%, pretty close, but then Kenny Connors and Lucas Mercury were just not even in the same playing field as everybody else. Like, yeah, Connors was 4-12, and 12 and Mercury was 2-9. and nine. Yeah, I mean – if, if you're going to be a, a starting D1, you know, NCAA center, you got to get those numbers up. Simple as that. I mean, it could just be a case of having a bad night because I've seen games where Mercury has gone 80% in the faceoff dot. You know what I mean? Sometimes it's just a matchup thing. Sometimes you just have, you know, different faceoff styles that just counter your own style and you're going to have a bad night based on that. Everything is situational and lineup based. And I get that, but you just, there needs to be a bit more consistency, I feel like, because if we want to consistently control puck possession and, you know, be a dominant team, you have to have the puck in your, in your possession at all times. And that starts off with faceoffs. So I just think going forward, that's going to be a huge, I think, emphasis of where we have to try and, you know, win those sorts of puck battles. And I'm hoping that, you know, we can clean it up because that's going to be a huge part of our game. Yeah, just given those guys, Connors and Mercury's track record over the season so far, I don't think it's too big of a concern for me. I think the taking penalties is more of a concern, but that's a, a conversation for for a different time. Um, I think I think we covered everything. You ready to hop into awards? Yes, sir. All right, and today the awards are brought to you by High Character Apparel, uh, our merch site that we just started. We have ten awesome designs. Uh, high character designs, some other designs inspired by the hockey program. So um, if you guys want to check it out, highcharacter.myshopify.com. If you like anything, it's definitely the best way you could support us. We worked really hard on getting this website up and running in these shirts designs. So uh, if you need anything for the holidays, we have gift cards too. So uh, definitely worth a, worth a shot to check it out if you are a fan of us or a fan of the hockey program. So all right. Uh, the first award that we like to give out is the CCC Award, Carvel Character and Compete Award. And this time it is going to Luke Pavisic. He really stood on his head at times in this game. I believe he had 35 saves. So uh, just a really solid showing from him in a, in a time where we desperately needed a goalie to stand out and make his presence felt. Yeah, I mean, we we needed that sort of performance there. I feel like that was a game with with how poor of a first period that we played. That game could have got extremely out of hand if Pav wasn't there to kind of 
steady the ship a little bit and kind of be that calming presence that we need him to be. So, yeah, that was an absolutely, you know, huge performance out of him just to, you know, even keep us into the game up until that point, because if you're getting outshot 20 to five, man, you, you're going to need us some steady goaltending to make sure that the game doesn't become a runaway early on. And you can kind of give your team a fighting chance to get back into it. So fair play to Pav, some absolutely huge saves in that first period when they were just giving us an absolute onslaught of shots to, to try and save. Yeah, he looked really solid, and I think that definitely will earn him the starting nod, at least for the Friday game in Belfast, I would say. Certainly, certainly. All right, so uh, the next award that we give out is the Good Try UMass Award, somebody we want to improve upon for the next game. And I think for this game, we kind of have to give it to Owen Murray. Uh, The team had three penalties, and he was two of them. Uh, The boarding one definitely suspect as well. just he has three games this year and four penalties. So just uh, it's pretty cut and dry. Clean it up. <laughs> stop giving. Stop getting penalties. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 really unfortunate. But like when when you look, he has three games played in eight penalty minutes. That you're averaging more than a minor penalty every game. That's 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 not how you're going to earn yourself more minutes. I think you just, especially with you know our our penalty kill has been. If I remember correctly, from 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 some of the stats that I saw last night, our penalty kill was not great. I think it was in like the upper 60s, maybe lower 70s at that point. That's, you know, if we already know that our penalty kill is not in the upper echelons of, you know, NCAA D1 hockey, we got to make sure we can at least be as disciplined as possible to negate as many of those chances from even happening. And if if you're out here giving up two penalties in a game like that, that's that's you know I get it. You're a freshman. You're still learning. You gotta you know get the kinks out early. But it's just we gotta pick somebody, and that you know flat out that's just not the way to play the game. So we had it. We had to pick on Owen Murray for this one. Hopefully, he can clean up his game in the future. But as it stands right now, very undisciplined. Yeah, uh, the, there's not really much more to it. Just yeah. gotta, just gotta clean it up. All right, so next is our custom awards. We each have a custom award. I guess I'll go first with this one. Mine is going to be called I Was Half Right Award. And uh, if you don't listen to our preview episodes for these games and series, um, I think it would be a really good idea if if you're driving to the game, if it's like the morning at work or the afternoon at work before the game. Um, over the last couple of weeks, we've really started to get good at uh, predicting some of these things and bringing up relevant stats. So uh, if you listen to these, it's getting it's getting you pretty well prepared for the game. Um, and in our preview episode for this game, I said that I think Elliot McDermott will score a goal. And I think I was half right because he, on Ryan Sullivan's goal, had the primary assist, and that was his very first point of the season. So I'm giving a pat on the back to him and a pat on the back to myself for that one. Well deserved. I'm very, very happy for both your prediction and for uh for McDermott. You know that we were we were kind of giving him crap. You know early on in the season, obviously joking, of course. We thought he was playing just fine. He was doing his thing. But yeah, no, for him to get his first point in the UMass jersey, that's awesome to see. So um, yeah, I guess I can hop into my award now. Uh, kind of sticking along the similar themes of that that whole Ryan Sullivan goal. I'm giving my 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 custom award. I'll call it the namesake award because. No one isn't aware yet. My last name's O'Sullivan. Kind of close. I, I'll take, you know, 
I'm not going to take any sort of credit for what he's been doing, but I'm, I'm happy to, to see somebody who's maybe, maybe I could get a customized Jersey and it won't look that out of place. If I have at least something resembling, you know, Sullivan or O'Sullivan on the back of it, that'd be pretty cool to have, but yeah, just to have at least even remotely some representation on a, on a UMass Jersey would be pretty freaking sweet. So yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to take my, my small dub when I can, when I got somebody with a slightly similar last name to mine for uh, getting a, a pretty well-worked goal, you know, against, against UNH. So fair play to Ryan Sullivan and uh, hopefully, hopefully we can get some more on the score sheet for him. Yeah. I think you are going to fit in just right in Ireland with that last name. I think. You'll oh, be certainly. Here. Yeah. <laughs> And speaking of Ireland, uh, our next episode is going to be the series preview for the Friendship Four in Belfast. We're going, we will not have an arena review for UNH. Uh, neither of us was able to make it to this game, unfortunately. So the Whitmore building will have to, uh, we'll have to wait a little while. That's okay. Our next episode will be the series preview for the Friendship Four. We're going to record it before we leave for Belfast. Um, I think by the time that that comes out, we will be beginning our way to getting to Belfast. Um, like I've mentioned in previous episodes, we're going to have a vlog from every day of our trip. We're going to have uh, the series preview and recaps for both games. Um, just a, a lot of fun content. We're really pumped for this trip. So uh, we're going to, we're going to do it big. We're going to have some really cool stuff for you guys, but um, I'm super pumped that those are our next episodes. It's going to be a blast. Yeah, no, I, I've been kind of just checking off the days of the week, like for the past maybe month or so now, just every time I'm at work, I'm like, I just need to get through this week. I just need to get through this week. I just need to get through this week. And it, it's finally coming around now. Like I, we started planning this. I don't even remember when it was, it was May, I believe. Yeah. That it was basically, yeah, it was right towards the end of last season, basically, I think about a month afterwards. And yeah, I mean, I've just been counting down the days and I'm super pumped. I think it's going to be a really awesome trip. I think there's a lot of cool stuff that we're going to be able to see and a lot of cool content to get out to you guys because we know not all of you can make it out to the trip. So we can at least try and give you a piece of what we did, you know, and hopefully, you know, it, it's not going to be in the sense of like, huh, look at what we get to do and, you know, not what you guys get to do, but it's going to be like, you know, I think it'll just be a really cool trip and hopefully you guys can kind of, see what we're doing and enjoy the trip right along with us. So it should be really fun. It should be. And we'll, uh, we'll save it for the actual friendship for preview, but we have a whole itinerary uh, on top of going to Belfast and going to the game. So we'll share that with you guys in the preview episode, next episode. Um, Other than that, I think that's everything we have from this game. Good job. You masking their first road win. Really nice to see before the big trip. Um, And yeah, that's about it. Go UMass. Go UMass. Take care, everybody. Let's go. Let's win in Belfast.